This is Ben Thomas, head coach of the Cheshire Phoenix. This is Brett Berman, GM of the London Lions. I'm BBL commentator Daniel Rapp. This is Josh Steele, the coolest two-guard on the planet for the Manchester Giants. This is Coach Sean Kilmartin, head coach, USA Select Basketball. You're listening to two of the baddest broadcasters in basketball, Drew and Jay and the BBL Show. My name is Tahi Hadja and you're locked in to the BBL Show. You're tuned in to the BBL, BBL Show. show. BBL Show. The BBL Show. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the BBL Show, the place for all British Basketball League-related news. You know it. I am Jay Marriott. He is Drew Lasker. How was your week, Mr. Lasker? Great week, man. I can't help but just, you see me beaming from ear to ear. The sleep training actually worked, so the last two nights I slept through a whole night. I can't believe it. I put my son to bed tonight and just left him in a bed and left the room. No crying, no whining, nothing like unbelievable. I didn't think this life was possible, but you know, I just want to thank all my fans out there who supported me during these times. <laughs> no, <Nah>, but <it's, laughs> he won a few battles, but you eventually won the war, right? I won the war, but unfortunately for you, you lost the war tonight. But however, you guys got a score Gami tonight, which is a huge deal, which is a score that's never been recorded in a WBBL tonight. So how did your game go? We just didn't perform. Like we showed up in the fourth quarter. We had a shot to put it in overtime. But reality says we shouldn't have even been there. So I said to the girls after the game, it's always it's always about how you finish, right? You know, so they finished strong. They showed a lot of heart. They got back into the game. You know, Manchester, a perennial high playoff team. Uh, so that was a good test for us. And I think, like, not ready yet, but when you let the loss go, you'll you look at that and think, okay, we're competing against, you know, experienced veteran teams. So we'll take that all day long. And then on to London Lions next week. So it doesn't get any easier, but uh, we take our loss and keep it moving. Anyway, we welcome Glasgow Rocks, Jordan Johnson, who will be in the BBL show house today. We have hot topics. We have player of the week. We have the Alaska look back. But first, it's your social media spy. It's the Marriott Minute. Sad news to start off with. Jeremy Nanton Hamill of the Surrey Scorchers had to call time on a career before it even started. A returning heart condition has seen this promising talent having to step away from playing the sport he loves. We wish him well and we hope he finds another passion to pursue as well as, of course, the best of health. Let's get a birthday on board. Happy birthday to Jordan Williams this week, now of the London Lions. We shall never forget the Christmas Jumper episode from season one and we hope you enjoyed your day, Jordan. Drew Lasker himself caused quite the storm by asking a loaded question of best backcourts in the league history. Unbelievable amount of replies, but the best reply was recently retired Josh Wilshire saying him and anyone you want to pick. Mike took confidence right there. I also caught up on a tweet from Lacey James's mom, the explosive big who played for Surrey last season is now with the New York Knicks G League affiliate. So best of luck to him. Of course, London Lions men and women, both big wins in Europe this week with everyone behind them cheering, including myself. But apparently no big deal for BBC Sport, as a lot of people are angry that neither game got the coverage it should have. We had some big legend puns flying around after the Scorchers. Big legend Roberton threw the hammer down this week. 
My favorite, of course, was ravioli going with the halftime ice cream that should be called Legend Dairy. That gave me a little chuckle. And lastly, more flowers for Riders head coach Rob Patanostro, who added his 400th win this weekend. And that rounds out this week's Marriott Minute. I'm always watching. Watching indeed. And that Josh Wilshire tweet was like, hey, guys, don't forget about me. <laughs> and also shout out to Mike Morcel, former Newcastle Eagle and Plymouth Raider, who is now in the G League himself. So a lot of guys leaving the league, going on to greener pastures. So, yeah, it's always great when you see guys go on to do bigger and better. So we're supporting those guys out there. But moving on to our new segment. It's time for Hot Takes. Where we put Jay in the hot seat, starting off with the first hot topic. Jay, let's rewind back to May 15th. I believe when we lift up the playoff championship against the London Lion, an amazing game, an amazing finish. If I turned to you and said next season or three months down the road, not even three weeks into the new season, Drew Lasker, Darius Defoe, and Ramon Fletcher would be watching the Newcastle Eagles from home and Corey Johnson would be leading the Eagles and also Gary Stronach would be the head coach. <laughs> what would you say to that? Yeah, I'd say you're absolutely blowing smoke to me. That's for sure. Especially like unbelievable. Him seeing him back as the head coach was just like, that was just fantastic. Um, obviously not in the best of, uh, of situations, but you got to be ready. You join a staff, you got to be ready. And, and in this COVID world, we're just reminded every now and again, we're just brought back down to earth as to those situations that can happen. But yeah, for sure, a very, very different looking Eagles team. Obviously, hoping that Ramon is, is going to be healthy moving forward because he's definitely not a player that, that plays injured, that's for sure. So, you know, when he's showing that he's hurt, that guy's really hurt. So um, hoping the best for him to get on there. But all three of you watching, did you get the phone call? Did, did you get the big call just to see if there was any juice in the legs just for one weekend? <laughs> no, a couple of people mentioned to, it to me and I, I gave them two words. I'm good. <laughs> but let's just give Fletch his flowers because, you know, everyone is so impressed about how consistent he has been in the British Basketball League over the last seven years, you know, two-time MVP last year, leading the league in scoring and assist. But the biggest thing that has impressed me over the years is not the accolades, it's the Ironman status. Before tonight's game, he has only missed one game, and that was a back-to-back -back when we played Worcester. And less than 24 hours later, as we were playing Plymouth, that double road trip that used to be, you know, a tough one on the legs. He got injured, sent to the hospital that night, and that is the only game in a Newcastle Eagles jersey he's ever missed. In my entire career with him, he's only missed three or four practices. He had a hamstring once that it didn't look good that he was going to play. He missed about three days of practice, and he ended up playing in a game. And it's just ridiculous to think that all of these years to not miss any time, not only in game time, but just practice time is what – really amazes me. So I just want to give him his flowers and we wish him a speedy recovery. But moving on to hot topic number two, against the Surrey Scorchers, 
Rob Pastranostro picked up his 400th win. So, Jay, I'm coming at you. You followed the league for a very long time, much longer than I have. Where does Rob rank amongst all-time BBL coaches? That is a really great question, but I think he's right up there. I, I honestly think he is. I, I remember when he first got hired for riders, the job that he's done has been unbelievable. Let's not get it wrong. It, it's the franchise in general, right? The franchise in general has enabled him to build a winning culture. And he just keeps coming up with the goods, coming up with the goods. He's, he's so consistent. He's a winner. He's driven. He has, he has a knack for understanding when to let a guy go. You know, he's just got to be up there with, 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 with some of the best of them. And then also as well, like from an X's and O's perspective as, as well, he really changed a lot of eras, you know. So I remember being around when, you know, the Eagles were so, so dominant and he kind of chose to go the opposite way and become this tough, defensive, hard-nosed team that finally kind of cracked themselves into that upper echelon of the accolades, you know. And I remember the battles in the finals, just how much experience he gained from those battles against Fab Flournoy and you boys. So, um, yeah, I put him right up there with, uh, with, with, with some of the best of them. And, you know, he, he's just, he's just done a phenomenal job in getting that team to that level, but also the franchise has enabled him to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Right. He's been with an organization that's done it right from the very beginning, the first step in building their own specifically basketball purpose arena which was huge. I mean, I even said it here and I think it was 2015. I said it to Andy Thompson. I said, Hey, don't be surprised if Lester takes over as the number one club in the league, because having that arena is huge. But if I have to rank Rob, because I've been here the whole time during his coaching career, I have to exclude Kevin Cadle, RIP, because I wasn't around during his coaching era. So, you know, it's only hearsay from my perspective. I'll let the uh, the old timers chime in on that. But I'd have to say number two, obviously behind Fab Florinoy. Yeah. And the reason why I give Fab the edge is because he did it as a player coach, which is just, I still to this day don't understand how, firstly, he did it. And secondly, how he was successful in doing it. I mean, Gareth Murray is doing a good job so far battling the two roles, but Fab did it over a 20-year period, you know, winning 24 trophies, which is absolutely amazing. So right now he goes up in second in my book. So congratulations, Rob, and keep that thing going. Moving on to hot topic number three. What a weekend for the London Lions organization as the men picked up their first European victory since 2004 as a league whole, and in less than 24 hours later, the women picked up a win in Germany, also with both of them winning both games domestically as well this weekend. So my question to you, Jay, is how does these two London wins impact British basketball? Oh, I think huge impact, and you've got to give both teams credit. Like They, they both played terrific basketball. You know, I know that the women had to come behind to get a victory, which is big, you know, like that, that's real experience for them. They were playing another top team. And then obviously for the Lions men, their performance was, you know, unbelievably good. They controlled a, a team that's capable of much, much more. And I think that, you know, when a lot of people say that you, you kind of feel like it's a slight on the, on the winning team, but it was no slight by the Lions. They took them out of their rhythm and they did what they needed to do. So we've always said this is about flying the flag for the BBL. You know, I, I just want to see more. 
I just want to see more. You can miss me with the Compton calligraphy. You know, you can get rid of that and just give me some more behind the scenes. Like we want to see what's going on. Like what, what are all these integral pieces that are obviously adding in the background? Like we want to see what's going on. Like, and we want to know what things are different from last year, right? What's, what's so different from last year? You know, this team, maybe I haven't been all that excited like watching them in the BBL but coming into the Europe looks like that they're purpose built for that moment and like when they were playing there that they, they, they looked really really impressive so you know flowers to both of them and yeah of course you know that the, the eyes are going to be on our league now so all of us have to step up and all of us have to be much more visual than we've ever been to push the league on to another level yeah and where both of us in our opposite sides of the fence is like I mentioned early before, if the London Lions kill it in Europe and kill it domestically, I won't give a damn about that logo and those red jerseys. However, Jay, as he mentioned in a Twitterverse, it will still matter to you. Oh, just I, I, <laughs> I, I, I am still I am still convinced that, it, that, that it's all a ruse. I, I'm convinced that this is a, 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 a laugh and a joke that the Lions are going to play with us at, at some point. But. Yeah, I mean, red jerseys, like, that's that's irrelevant. You know, if you want to go with a different color, that's irrelevant. But it's just the branding in general. Just, I just ask anybody in marketing and everyone is perplexed. You know, like, you've seen social media. Everyone just doesn't understand it. And, yeah, it irks me. But they're doing an unbelievable hey, job. London, I got you guys. Hey, give them a break. They won. Until you uh, lose, yeah, then, yeah. DJ, you could go back on. Huh? I'm, I'm unbelievably <laughs> happy with Vince. And then also as well, like how emotional was that? You know, he he was giving that win to. Oh, Andrew man. Boy. That yes. was unreal because oh, like, man. for sure, like, you know that, you know, she, she sat up there looking down for sure. You can, you, you know, that she was just like, yes, you know, so that was brilliant. So I, I'm, I'm behind them and, and I love watching the women's play as well. I think they put together a really good team, but that marketing team needs to kick up the ass. Shout out to Andrea, who was most definitely celebrating in heaven. But one other thing that I just discovered this week as well is that obviously Brett Berman is the GM for the London Lions. But Isaiah Reese and the other American, he slips my mind right now, but both of them play for the Memphis Hustle, which is an organization that Brett worked for. So, you know, I put two and two together. So that was really interesting. But moving on. Buy or sell. So. I dug deep into the stats. Shout out to Britt Hoops, who produced great in-depth stats. And two things stood out to me. Dirk Williams, who is on fire. He currently leads the league in scoring at 22 points per game. But more impressively, he's second in field goal percentage at 72%. And not too shabby, he's seven in three-point percentage at 45%. And leads the league in effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage. My question to you, are you buying or selling this unbelievably shooting display from Dirk Williams? Oh, buying. I think he's just getting better. You know, I've, I've said like, you know, name me a player that's not in the NBA that has that kind of athleticism and also can shoot the three. Like there's nobody that comes to my mind. You've he, always said it. You know, he gets out on the break unbelievable. If you watch that, if you watch that European game, there's a couple of times, you know, he's literally like, you know, one step, boom, head at the rim, and then on the uh, on the other end, like he can he can actually turn it on and and start hitting those threes. So buy in, hundred percent. 
Yeah, I think I'm buying as well to the point where I'm I'm really, really close to making him my MVP favorite. The only reason or hesitancy is because, you know, besides scoring, I've noticed a, a pickup in the defensive area as well. He doesn't really do anything else as far as like distributing or rebounding. So if he has a couple of bad shooting nights, you know, if he's going to be MVP as a, as a straight up two guard that just scores, he's going to have to have these percentages all year. But if he does, you can pistol him in as MVP. Next buy or sell. Other thing that stood out to me, the Leicester Riders currently leading the league in scoring at 91 points per game and also in defense, only giving up 73 points per game. Are you buying or selling the fact that Leicester could finish the year as the number one team offensively and defensively? Uh, I, I'm going to sell on that. Not necessarily because I'm super down on riders, but I think you've you, you've got to take into consideration their schedule. So I think there's a couple of games in there that are just going to inflate the numbers. Defensively, definitely, you know, they're going to be there every year. But leading the league in scoring, uh, no, I don't see that. Like, a, as, a, as a group, I think they do what they need to do to get the win. And I think that when they play some of those bigger teams, you're going to see that true defense coming out rather than, you know, that big-time offense. And I think you're referring to the fact that they played the Surrey Scorchers twice and they played the Plymouth Raiders once. So hence why those numbers are inflated. But I'm with you, my man. I'm selling it. Plymouth Patriots. Patriots. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, guys. I mean, sorry. Anyhow, yeah, I'm selling as well. I'm selling the offense. The defense, I believe in it. I mean, I just watched them against Surrey. And it's so beautiful to watch, like, five guys moving on a string. You know, I wish more teams would look at some Leicester Riders tape because every time the ball is moved, you see all five men moving and adjusting their feet, adjusting their angle. And it's nice for a true defensive player to watch. But offensively, I think that's going to fall. Obviously, I think Surrey and Plymouth have a lot to do with that. And, you know, I just don't really see them being as strong offensively. On paper, it seems that they will be, but I don't see it sticking. I see Gino has been a lot more aggressive this year. You know, the, the percentages don't say, but it looks like his stroke is a little bit smooth or he's a little bit more confident in it, but I'm selling anyway. So that ends our buy or sell segment and wraps up hot topics. Nice. Two good segments there. I enjoy those conversations. On to... It's time. For the BBL Show Player of the Week. So, talking about Gino Crandell, so MVP of last season, coming in with 27.6 rebounds, seven assists for a 30 index. He's then joined by Manchester Giants' new guard, Tyreek Armstrong, with a 24 points, five rebounds, eight assists for a 34 index. Lorenzo. Cugini, I hope I got that right, uh, with London Lions. It sounded kind of cool. Um, it, dropping a huge night, 35 points, three assists, 32 index on the Patriots. And then lastly, Ali Fraser returning back north, dropping 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists in a 32 index. So four players for your choosing. Do not forget, get on that Twitter 
Get your votes in. Don't let your favorite player miss out. Yeah, get your votes in for the player of the week. But let's transition and inform you and educate you with the Alaska Look Back. In this episode of the Alaska Look Back, we take a look at the BBL's newest star, Iron Man, Jordan Johnson. Similar to last week's guest, Jordan comes from a place that's tough to make it out of, Waukegan, Illinois. I think it's important to highlight our guest background as these players should be celebrated becoming the temptations of their environment and making something of themselves as college graduates and professional basketball players. Jordan went to John Wood Community College before transferring to University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, finally wrapping his career in LV, following his coach, which he refers to as his father. Could you imagine going to a school in Las Vegas as a 20, 21-year-old kid? So much temptation to lead you astray. But Jordan was built for that through his experience of Waukegan. Stay the course and make it out. That he did, wrapping up a great college career and moving on to the G League with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Then in the Netherlands with Zoli playing in the Euro Cup. Now, he's figuratively and literally for Gareth Murray's platoon as he leads the team in minutes played, points, assists, and defensive rebound, completely transforming the rocks from the bottom of the basement to, should I say, a contender? Only time will tell. And that is your Alaska Look Back. Great look back, Mr. Alaska. Let's welcome Jordan Johnson of the Glasgow Rocks into the room. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for giving us your time. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Welcome, my man. And as they like to say on a Sunday breakdown, call you the Iron Man because they say you never get tired. And I watched you tonight. You play 40 minutes and it literally looks like you never get tired, man. How do you <laughs> get yourself in that type of tip top shape? Man, it's uh, it's all about like working out during the summer. I work out hard every summer. So it's just like sometimes I do two a day, sometimes I do three days, but majority just two a days and then like my trainers they just push me real hard they push me hard enough to play the whole game even if I don't play the whole game so that's where I get it from ladies and gentlemen work ethic you can't skip the process (laughs) right facts it always shows (laughs) most definitely well it's definitely showing in your game and let's just uh for the fans just Talk about how you got here. Obviously, your college career started off at a junior college before moving to Milwaukee and then moving on to the University of Las Vegas, where you followed your coach. Now you're a rock. So just talk a little bit about how you ended up here. So it was I think it was early in the summer. Like, okay, because COVID happened and that summer I hit and I was just working out in Houston with my boy, uh, Isaiah. I was just working out the whole summer. And then, like, uh, I had got a call. I got, I got a call from my agent. It was like, uh, this team out in the UK wants to offer you and all that. And I'm like, all right, uh, let me talk to the coach and see what he's talking about or whatever. So I think I get a I get a call when I'm at home. But I had went to Vegas first. And I thought I was going to get the call in Vegas. So I got the call when I got back home. Got the call. Me and G talked. 
And I'm like, I'm thinking like, man, I know I can get a better deal than this. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like, it's an opportunity. He giving me a, a great opportunity. And I'm like, you know what? I'll think about it. Me and him will talk again. I'm like, yeah, let's talk. Let's have another conversation. And you'll know where I'm at based on that on that conversation. So a couple of days go by, me and G talk again. And I was like, you know what? I'm in, G. You know what? The opportunity sounds good. I like it. The city, I looked up the city, all that stuff. I, I do my research on, on wherever I go. So I did my research. And I'm like, man, you know what? I'm so, just send me the contract. I got the contract when I went back to Vegas. Got the contract when I went back to Vegas. Signed in Vegas. And then, you know, what happened? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Love it. I love it. So you're talking about Gareth there a little bit in terms of like the recruitment, like what was it in terms of what he was saying that was so attractive to you? Like, so obviously, you know, you do your research. Glasgow's an incredible city. Like both myself and Drew have visited there a number of times in, in terms of playing and some great nights out as well back in the day. But what, what was specifically that Gareth was saying to you about the role you would have on the team and the team that they were building? Because they came from a difficult year last year, you know, they weren't used to being the whipping boys. Last year was a, 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 one of the first time for a very long time that Glasgow Rocks have been facing the wooden spoon and being down there at the bottom. So they, they definitely wanted to make a statement this year. So what, what was it that G was saying to you that, that stuck out so much so that you jumped on board? It wasn't so much what he was saying to me. It was just the team that he built, you know what I'm saying? So he, he wanted individual pieces to like build a team and like all the Scottish guys. And I'm like, this is this is like planning out how my JUCO was, you know what I'm saying? So in JUCO, I had nothing but shooters all around me. And I'm like, okay, all the Scottish guys can shoot. And then we got we got Harris, and then we got JC, and we had Elijah. And I'm like, all oh, these guys can shoot. This is like reminding me, it's like deja vu right at this point. So I'm like, that's what sold me right there, is the guys that he he built. Like he put the team together, like, piece by piece he knew what he was doing so that's what so me and I'm like yeah I gotta come yeah well obviously it was a great signing on both sides you've made a huge impact and made a name for yourself and obviously it's paying dividends for the Glasgow Rocks but as far as my career I had to sit out for a year before starting my career and even in the middle of my career I sat out for about 10 months and there's been many guests that we brought on here and they've had to go through sitting out even Ramon Fletcher had to sit out a year as well when you transferred from Milwaukee, you talked about how difficult it was to redshirt that year for our fans that don't know when you transfer universities, the rules change now, but in the past, you had to always sit out a year. How did that prepare you for last season? Because when you went pro, you went G League, then you played in the Netherlands and then you sat out an entire year. So how did that situation prepare you for what is very difficult is a dark time as a professional athlete sitting out for an entire year? So they both like reminded me of like the same situation. So when I sat out in college, it was like, all right, if I go back to Milwaukee, I could play right away. But I don't know if I like it. But so I stayed and I'm like, all right, I'm rocking my coach. I'm going to stay. And then COVID hit and I'm like, all right, uh, what, what, what can I do, man? It's like, there's no jobs, there's nothing. And I'm like, I guess I got to grind it out, but I I didn't like that whole year, that whole like year and a half or whatever it was, I didn't take a day off. 
So I took it as like an actual sit out here, you know. So I had access to the gym when I shouldn't have access to the gym at COVID times, you know. So I just took it like like college, like like how I was in college. Work out twice a day. Go home, go to sleep, do it all over again the next day. And then just have my weekends to myself. But I just took it as like like how, uh, how I did in college, my uh, rest year. No, I, lo- I love that. I think like for anyone listening, I think that's a great mentality because, you know, like Drew's saying is is whether we spin it as dark times or, it, you know, it's it's definitely testing for professional athletes when, when the phone's not going off when you expect it should be. And like you're saying with this Glasgow deal, you perhaps feel in your mind that, that there's a better deal out there for you. But in terms of fit and in terms of trying to get you back in the groove, you know, Glasgow's a good spot for you. So talk to me a little bit about now being in Glasgow, seeing those pieces, you know, so you heard about how all these pieces could work. It gave you the vision. You've gone in there. Obviously, Elijah has now departed the team. What do you think about how things are going early doors? And and what do you think needs to happen for you guys to be a genuine contender? Honestly, right now, we just we just still got to, we still learn each other, still a learning process, and it's early. So, yeah. like, anything that happens, any losses or anything like that, there's no need to get down on ourselves. It's still early. It's just a cup stage. So, I think for us to be, like, pretty, pretty good, and I, I know we can do it. We have, to, we have to do it every night, every single night. We have to guard. We have to play. We have to guard physically and uh, shoot the gaps, all that, and then, like, and the big thing is for us is that we're not the biggest team in the league. You know, we got two bigs, but they're not, you know, they're not like, I want to say like the biggest guys on the court all the, at all times, you know what I'm saying? So guards and everybody have to come rebound. That's what, that's what like hurts us in games at times. Like we all don't go rebound. We expect them to get the rebound. Like, like in practice, they get the rebound. Okay. That's how we're taking it like that. But in the game, it's everybody on the other team is crashing, so they're getting the board, and it's like we all have to go rebound. So that's what uh, that's what can help us be really, really good right now. Like if we all go rebound, and we just play together, you know, like always, like nothing, nothing else crazy. We learn each other chemistry, you know, and then uh, just play like that. We all good. And that's what's amazing about you is the rebounding aspect. You're leading the team in defensive rebounders as the 5'11 point guard. (laughs) (laughs) And I watched you tonight against the Newcastle Eagles. And, you know, during the fourth quarter, you would, you know, you were just picking your spots. But then I saw when that switch flipped and, um, you know, you started getting to the line, making your free throws and you made a clutch three to kind of put Newcastle out there misery but at UNLV your coach Marvin Menzies used the concept of winning time and defined as the final four minutes of the game and just get us inside of your head of what does that concept mean and how do you actually transition into what you guys call as winning time winning time is uh basically whatever whatever it is I forgot I think it was the last five four minutes of the game something like that whatever that is in that little spin, you do all the all the right things. You know what I'm saying? So take care of the ball. Make uh for sure passes. Take the right shot. Even if it's if it's an open shot, take it. Don't take like a tough contested shot. Or no, like, you know how like you shoot a three and your foot on the line. No, no tough twos, no bad twos. You know, so that is just like 
make sure you get make sure you do all the right things at that time where you're tired and like physically drained and all that stuff so like it's like a, it's a, it's a mental thing basically that's all it really is yeah well you need to make sure you coach that to, to harris because i saw that down the stretch when he was running down the baseline and shot that terrible corner three i bet oh, you no, guys was like no yeah I, I talked to my boy he all right He's yeah. still learning. He's still learning. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's a work in progress, right? But yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. There's always things that you can learn here on the show. And I think for the listeners, it's always like key to hear, you know, some of those tactics and things like that, winning time and different things like that. But in terms of, you know, just going back to Gareth quickly in terms of his role as a player coach, that's obviously like the first time that you would be experiencing something like that. How do you think that he's handling that role? We, we talk about earlier, you know, Drew obviously played for arguably the best coach ever to coach in the BBL, was a player coach in Fab Flanoy, who now works at the Toronto Raptors. Um, yeah. You know, what, what do you think Gareth offers to that role and how does he balance it? You know, that's what I'm really interested in because, you know, I coached Gareth down in Plymouth. He is a really, you know, knowledgeable guy in terms of basketball. Like he is really on it in terms of his basketball IQ, but having to transfer that competitive nature into then also coaching, how do you think he's doing? Right now, I think G G doing real good though. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to give him like I don't want to bad mouth him or nothing. He's doing really good. You know what I'm saying? So, like as a as a coach, he knows his stuff. You know, as a coach, but as a player, he's really really super smart as a player. You know, yeah. Like like in in certain like certain times, like he'll say something, and I'm like, bro, were you just reading my mind? Like, cause I be thinking the same thing, but he's like. G can't move that fast no more, but not like how he used to, but <laughs> he still got a little speed to him, you know? So when G, uh, when he transfers it over to like coaching or playing, I think he does a good job at it. He also is like a, he's a real good, he's a real good coach, a real good player. It's like a good teammate, you know, like a brother, you know what I'm saying? He's in it for us. So it's not like he's just like trying to like make sure he's all right. You know, he wants us to be, want us to be great you want us to be good in whatever we do you know what i'm saying so geez uh perfect for this spot i like i like him at this spot because he come in give us a little time hit a couple threes play play some good defense get a couple boards and then he comes out coach mode i don't know how he does it but he does it yeah i watched fab do it for seven years and i have no idea how he did it it's a but i mean the one thing that i i saw when you guys first played newcastle up here is that you guys really enjoy playing for him so and you know i was right behind you guys's bench and and you know i was really impressed with his clipboard skills and so yeah he's gonna have a great career in coaching yeah. but lastly i just want to hit you with you know in 2015-16 you averaged 8.1 assists uh, which is unreal for college basketball and, you know, being a point guard. But put in perspective the job that Aaron Anderson is doing for the Sheffield Sharks. He's currently averaging 7.6 assists. So just for our listeners, just kind of put that in perspective of how great that is. He averaging what again? 7.6 assists to every turnover. You know, usually like from a point guard that's is what, tough. three to one? Like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's pretty good job, actually. He's just taking <laughs> care of the ball, honestly. Making he making sure passes. He so, making so all the, he making all the right reads. Honestly, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did in uh in uh my twenty fifteen year. I make all the right reads. You know, you got some 
some some passes you want to be like spectacular, but it's usually not it's not too many of those in the game where you get those, you know what I'm saying? So I commend him for what he's doing. Like that's a that's a great job. And bro just making all the right reads and all his teammates are doing a good job of getting open. That's the that's the main thing. So you gotta you gotta uh you gotta look out for his teammates too, because it's just not it's him making the right read and his teammates getting open. Yeah, I think it's something that they needed to address from last year. So they brought in a, a pretty explosive star in, in Jeremy Hemsley last year. And we had him on the show. He was, he was great to talk to. But I think for them this year, they're, they're trying to find a, a leader out on the floor. And, you know, that really is phenomenal. You know, as a point guard, you're trying to run the team. But I think a lot of it comes down to it. And you'll probably attest to this. A lot of it comes down to knowing everything about your teammates, knowing everything about the play. So it's all about preparation. And all of that stuff is done before you play the game, right? You know, like the if, if you do those things, yeah. like it makes things a lot easier for you. One thing I bet he knows, I bet he knows every single spot. You know what I'm saying? So when you know every single spot, you know all the variations to the plays. So I'm sure he knows all of that. And that's what that's what getting them them seven point six assists or whatever ratio he got. That's what that's what it really is. And that's good. And that's that's really smart on his end, though. Like, that's what I did in, like, in, like, 2015. That's what I did. I knew every spot. Like, even now, I still know every spot. But sometimes I have dumb turnovers just me being – just being me, you know what I'm saying? But I I am happy for – I am happy for dude. Yeah. Simply amazing. But let's transition. Before we get you out of here, man, I know you play 40 minutes tonight and you're ready to just chill out, maybe make some phone calls to the States. Okay, last question for you, man, and then we'll let you go All ice right. up. This is a big question. If they made a movie of your life, which actor are you picking to play yourself? We've had some interesting answers to this, so pick carefully. To play myself? Sounds like somebody who's like a lot of fun, maybe take a few, you know, a few risks. Mighty silly. The bleach blonde hair, the mink, <laughs> the mink coat. I got, I got the answer that probably everybody's thinking. Kevin Hart. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I, I, that's what I get all the time. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I think, um, listen, thanks so much for your time. And I'm pretty sure the Glasgow Rocks are very thankful for your humor as well as your leadership out there on the court. But it, it's sure fun watching you play this season. And thanks for letting the, the fans get to know you a little bit more. So hopefully we check in later thank on you. in the thank season. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully we can do this again. That's it. We Absolutely, will. man. Thanks, Keep bro. doing your thing, man. Love watching your game, man. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, great one right there. That was a lot of fun. You can tell there's a real sense of humor under there. Loved seeing the kind of demolition man haircut and then uh, yes, coming to the America bit, mink coat. That was that was a lot of fun. But guys, thanks for keep checking in with us. Let us know how you what you think about these new segments that we're putting forward. We are hurtling towards those predictions where I can feel the heat is going to be coming <laughs> on that social media. But until then we will see you next week thanks for joining us drew lead us out hey man we gotta do our homework predictions come next week as the season launches two weeks from now so really right. exciting time so yeah i gotta get jay back just like i'm getting him in those weekly picks but <laughs> thank you for following thank you for listening make sure you guys subscribe 
rate and leave a review. It's really helpful for us as we continue to move forward and continue to grow. But until then, have a great week and we'll catch you guys next week here on the show. Show. Thanks for listening to the BBO show. The BBO show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBO on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time.